0: This is Conversation of the Birds, a story set to music. New chapters released weekly. Written, composed, and read by Jamie Holcomb. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment we've all been waiting for. A change is at hand. Everything changes, eventually. And each of us goes in our own direction, as our character bids us. Mmm, boom dee. Doo doo doo. It's coming. Boom dee. It's on it's way. They spent the night in the flooded plain where the ducks and geese showed them how to shelter in the reeds variously the colorful jungle birds got to know the members of the flock who recounted their experience thus far to those new members the ibis drew with his etching beak signs in the mud to convey to the birds some meaning in their quest he drew asterisks and constellations by geometric outlines then he tipped his head to the sky as the stars came into view what does it mean said the crow a twitter ran through the crowd and each bird regarded those signs in his own way Perhaps he's trying to show us, the vulture began, but then he shook his head. No, that would never make sense. It's the meaning of where we are now, said the hoopoe. many souls sparkling in a floodplain. If you say so, said the buzzard. It could mean anything, said the hummingbird. Like that, the flock contemplated the work which the Ibis had dragged in the mud. He had nothing more to tell them than that. They went, variously, into their dreams, to puzzle over the ibis and his asterisks, with the stars dancing everywhere, overhead and in the glassy surface where they nested. Meanwhile, in some dark corner of the jungle, the woodpecker was nursing his wounds. His fellows had not been gentle when they had captured him, and although he could still fly and strut, everything ached. In the shadows of the canopy, the woodpecker hid, nursing his wounds, cursing the other birds. Fools, he said to himself. Don't they know? Don't they know? The world's a hole. Why, it's right there in the sky now, a black hole. As he muttered to himself, he scratched off the sloughing bark of the branch below him. His talons scraped a bright sibilance into the simmering sounds of the insects busy at their night work. The woodpecker scratched a long hiss. He slowed his talons. That hiss grew louder still. Out of the shadows, emeralds blinked. Leaves rustled. Hiss. Hiss. "'Tell me,' said the raspy, hushed voice, "'what exactly is a bird like you doing in this place, in my place?' The woodpecker could see now the leopard-spotted head, the thick, winding body snaking around the branch, and he felt the cold breath of the boa constrictor as it released its tongue in another long hiss. In no time that trader had told him everything. "'I see,' said the constrictor, "'the smirk, how interesting.' Did you know, the reptiles and the birds share a common origin. Going back, so they say, all life emerged from one pool of proteins. More recently, however, the birds and reptiles branched off from a shared stalk of the living tree. Their cultures share many of the same stories, but their attitudes towards everything can be quite different. Come with me, the serpent said. The world is full of magic. How's that, said the woodpecker great snake laughed in his serpent's way, he hissed and turned, slithering into a rustle of leaves, and the woodpecker was curious enough to follow him. The next day saw the birds return to their northward course. The air was placid, and the seagull took the pleasant moment to glide out to the left. Wings outspread, he coasted on the fat depth of sky. The albatross, perceiving her oceanic cousin's serenity, she banked hard to float out to the right of the flock, so on either side of the forty-odd flyers a white-winged seabird coasted in leisure. The dove flapped hard to stay at the head of the flock, beside the hoopoe. I'm a little worried, said the dove, panting. As we get closer to the mountains, the air will change. The hoopoe cut through the thick air, his peaked head and sharp beak well sculpted to break even the most formidable mass of atmosphere. We will find our way, he said, into the rush of wind. The dove could only nod, and she flapped all the more intensely to keep ahead of the flock. But of course, the heron and stork, the kite and eagle, vulture, buzzard, and crow, so many of the other birds were more skillful flyers, equipped for long distances with their great wings and hardy constitutions. It was only natural that in this thick atmosphere with no wind to fight against, it was just natural that those bigger birds should overtake the smaller. Above that flooded plain, the flock began to change shape. The hoopah, piercing the air with his sharp beak, he pointed the way, with the ibis beside him. That pink leader kept pushing forward, but now it was the vulture at his left, the buzzard and crow just behind him. The geese and ducks, well acquainted with long-distance journeys, those migratory fellows fell right into a wedge behind the mighty vulture, whose big body easily displaced the air. "'You're working too hard,' the vulture called to the hoopah and the ibis. But those mystic dagger-beaked birds hardly heard him. Nevertheless, it was now the vulture who was shepherding the bulk of the flock as those colorful jungle birds arranged themselves in the wedge of geese and ducks. So it was that the dove and the hummingbird found themselves together at the back of the brigade. Having fun, said the hummingbird, the dove laughed politely. Now the flock had covered a considerable distance, rising above that flooded plain. The thick air began to grow colder, and their warm beating wings carried the flock higher until they were enveloped in clouds. First the hoopoe, then each bird in turn burst above the cloud cover into the realm of the sun. Have you ever been up so high? When this story was first recounted many centuries ago, no man had ever shared the experience of flight with our heroes. Many memories now may be storming together to form your own mental image of that field of white ripples, where the clouds wrinkle in furrows that appear so much like solid snowy earth. To the birds, this is a well-known region, and they have their own stories. Just like the legendary smerg, the birds have other tales, and their shared imagination describe the world they inhabit. The Realm of the Sun, said the hummingbird to the dove, do you remember? A long time ago, when the sky was young, she had been quite alone. I wish, said the sky to herself with a sigh, and right then the celestial wind came into being. As she sighed, on her breath outrode a tide of stars. And this story repeats like eggshells whose outer rocky hide secrets an inner membrane that shields another sack. On every register of sky, once, billions upon billions of aeons ago, when the sky was only night, once, not so many ages earlier, when the sky was only dust, out of that first sigh when space herself pined after some presence deeply felt by her self-evident emptiness. Her myriad daughters were born in the image of herself, sky upon sky. Cloudily sculpted by the gravity of her multitude of stars, the sun is one of those stars, and the sky is one of those lonely spaces whose hollowness evinces her own interminable longing. For the sun ever out of reach, the sky longs for that warmth. For the sun ever out of reach, the sky longs for that warmth, even as she seems to contain that star. And the trouble with humans, by the way, is that completely lacking in the imaginative faculties of our avian relatives, we tend to overlook the obvious expression imparted directly to our hearts by this ever-living tableau in favor of our own ability to count really, really high. The crows can count, too. They tend to not brag about it, because interestingly, they seem to understand. There's more to life than logic. Like I was saying, I wish the sky had said, and everywhere the light came into being. "'It's so warm up here,' said the dove to the hummingbird. "'I wish it could stay like this forever.' "'I wish,' said the hummingbird. "'Be careful with your word choice. "'That wish only makes more trouble. "'The way I see it, if the sky had kept to herself, "'she would have already had everything to begin with. "'But of course, what bird with any kind of heart "'could live in a world of such bitterness "'and not wish for something better? "'That probably is the meaning of the story.' "'The hummingbird said, "'In the realm of the sun, the clouds are left below, "'and this is as close as our little sky can get to that warmth.' that's why she stays up here. He laughed and cut a mad swoop around the dove. She had been flying so hard, already struggling, so that when that busy bird suddenly danced around her, the dove turned, caught a bad angle, and down she went. The hummingbird could only watch the pink stone plummet right through the solid-seeming clouds that sealed after her as if nothing had happened. Panicking, the hummingbird looked to the flock. They were already several paces ahead of him. He called out, but his high, thin voice was lost in the expanse of sky. The dove was lost fallings faster said the hummingbird and down he went like a blue blasted bullet straight into the clouds after his fallen friend the dove struggled in that tangled shroud she fought to right herself but in the gray body of cold wet cloud she could only twist and fall unable to catch a wing until suddenly she burst into darkness below the cloud cover all the world was sheathed from the sun the clouds ahead rumbled with evil light The dove, at least, had caught herself, to fly, but down here, on this side of this new storm, the winds were harsh. She was beaten down by a blast of air, and weakened by the long flight and the strain and shock of her fall, the dove had no choice. She descended into this dark green valley in the shadow of the great northern mountain range. All the while, the woodpecker had been behind the boa constrictor. Into that nocturnal jungle they had descended, to dig through the overgrowth, into secret subterranean territories known only to serpents, and as they had journeyed into that earthy darkness, the snake had spoken of his own ancient tales. The crocodile persists, the sea turtle endures. The boa constrictor slithered through the muddy bowel, and the woodpecker was bidden to follow. What had been a cave-like alcove gradually had diminished into a hole, the width of a serpentine body, and so then the woodpecker had been reduced from his hopping, bobbing stride to a crawl. Change, said the constrictor, is the ineluctable illusion of the ever-enduring, ever-unfolding garden. Inside the woodpecker's mind, an impulse could have been expressed in words. He felt a question. Perhaps you could perceive that same sudden activity, electrical and muscular, somewhere near your own heart now. But the woodpecker said nothing. He was under the serpent's spell. "'Change,' said the boa constrictor, "'and the woodpecker slithered eel-like through that hole. "'Change,' said the boa constrictor, "'and the woodpecker slithered eel-like through that hole "'the ancient snakes had bored into the earth. "'His feathers slipped with mud, "'his eyes slitted to probe the impenetrable black. "'The creature crawling on its belly "'did not look like much of a bird anymore. "'It's in you,' the serpent said. "'It persists. It endures. "'And perhaps it was real magic.' or it could have been that snakes simply have a way with words. All conjecture could convene about what it means to be an outcast, why the woodpecker was driven to betrayal, or what causes insanity. Who can say what happens in the world below us where the snakes conspire, whether or not some secret spell really was activated by that journey into the earth, what finally emerged into the flooded plain, what reared its head from the mud was no longer a bird, because it did not believe that. It now believed that it was something different, slicked with slime emerging out of the ancient past. What probed its way to the surface then was something black and serpentine and hungry. That's what he believed. Whole, the monster said, and it blasted out of the earth to swim into a dark, stormy sky. This has been Conversation of the Birds, a story set to music, with new chapters released weekly. Written, composed, and read by Jamie Holcomb. Produced by Supermoon. Join us next week for our next installment. If you'd like to check out more from Supermoon, visit us on TikTok or at our website, gosupermoon.com. That's G-O-S-U-P-E-R-M-O-O-N dot com. The quest continues next week.